0: And the holy <laughs> Hello and welcome to ToeFop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And this is ToeFop, the classy edition. Yeah,
1: I know, we're drinking red wine out of red wine glasses. <laughs> oh yeah, I drink red wine before my show, uh, before my stand-up show. And uh, so backstage, because I'm doing like a long season in Melbourne, They, they I, I walked in and it looked like someone's wine cellar, because they'd bought all the wine for my season. <laughs> and just... Like so, there's like probably 20 bottles of red wine, like in my dressing room, yeah. and no glasses. So every night, I just sit backstage and swig red wine, like <laughs> nice red wine that they've selected. Do you want a Pinot? Do you want a Shiraz? And I'm just there slugging it out of the bottle. Classy. Yeah, classy. I uh,
0: might as well be a goon bag, and then I could fall asleep <laughs> after the show. You should. What you should do is every year just bury the goon bag, like somewhere in the dressing room. So then every year you can just go dig it out. If you buried a goon bag of wine, yes. right, you know, in the park, mm-hmm. would
1: it age? Like as in... Like a fine wine. Yeah, <laughs> like keeping it in a cellar. Like, so the first year you're in the park and you're like, this is horrible, but it was really cheap, and we'll just bury it in the park. But when you go back like seven years later, you're suddenly like... This is now an expensive It's got wine. a fruity bouquet. <laughs>
0: it's really it developed. tastes like dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hint of dog feces. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if it works like that. I don't know enough about alcohol. I'm not really a wine connoisseur. Like I, I get, you know, when you go to a restaurant and they bring the wine around, like I never want to be the guy that they come over and, you know, pour the little taster out for because I'm not sure what I'm meant to do.
1: Well, you just meant to taste it and but make I'm sure it's meant it's not to
0: swirl it around and look at the way it runs down the glass to see if it has legs or some shit. Well, you can do that. I'm not sure whether it has legs. <laughs> Is that what it does? But that's what it's meant to do. I think it's like, meant to have legs. This is, and this is how bad. I don't know if it is or isn't meant to have legs, yeah. but there is a thing about swilling it around and watching yeah. the way it runs down the. That's glass. right. And I think if it has legs, it's good. Yeah. Or if it doesn't have legs, it's good. No, <laughs> I think if it has legs, it's good. And that's not meant to be offensive to anyone who listens to this podcast who doesn't have legs. Yeah.
1: I don't want any sort of amputees out there going. Oh, suddenly they've gone with the <sighs> anti-amputee. Thanks for
0: filling the the stereotype, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> Apparently, things with no legs are not as good as things with legs. We know. I've had to spend half my life, I went to school with a guy called something Holman, his name was. Uh, ben Holman, I'm going to say his name was Ben Holman. Sure. And he didn't have any legs. And he used to ride around our school and he was like the coolest guy at school because he got to ride around
0: school on a skateboard. So he just wouldn't have his legs on. Well, he would actually roll to school on a skateboard. Yeah, but also around school. Yeah, right. Like that's how he'd get around. Surely they had some kind of like, you know, medically endorsed transportation like, wouldn't there be some kind of thing that they'd be Some built sort of electronic
1: like... scooter or something?
0: Well, for, yeah, for like a double leg amputee, I'm yeah. sure that, you know, the, the skateboard seems a bit low rent. Well, I mean, I imagine. You could Unless get... he was doing it for the image. Yeah, he was. His parents actually had like a really cool, like, uh, you know, portable wheelchair or something like that. He was like, fuck that, get me the reflex. He had Robocop legs at home. <laughs> he had steel springs. He had
1: the whole thing. He had those, um, you know, that 400, those... 400 meter runner. Yeah, the
0: bouncy. Uh... Yeah, he's got
1: those bouncy <laughs> legs. Didn't want to wear any of them. <laughs> didn't enjoy them. He had the old leg from the Terminator movie. He
0: didn't enjoy He didn't enjoy He just wanted to be on a skateboard. It's funny, my niece uh, is coming into, she's a tween now. She's at the tween age, really into the Hunger Games and stuff. Oh, yeah. But I was talking to my brother last night and he was saying, like he's watching this transformation take place, where the you know the cute little kind of like shiny girl is now wearing black fingerless gloves and beanies and stuff, and he's doing really like sort of dark artwork and stuff, and yeah. wants to and is not listening to boy band stuff anymore, and is like seeking out kind of darker music. and He's like, I don't know if I should be worried. And I'm like, dude, she's thrown away her One Direction album, yeah. and she's used the shattered shards of the album to cut herself <laughs> yes. while listening to music. Well, it's kind of funny because the way he was describing it, he was like oh she's just got attitude now yep. and you know things she wants to find her groove and find, like you know makes fun of anything that's kind of mainstream and it's like it's kind of like we're all scared in the house <laughs> like you know dude i grew up with six sisters like that's that's all they do from the ages of like 12 to i don't know when it stops maybe like what mid-20s a girl can cut you down with one sentence I'm <laughs> oh, like i'll be saying to him mate what are you talking about that's that's all i ever feel
1: like at home that's <laughs> that's my entire existence that you're explaining. Yeah, that's right. It yeah. is, actually. You live with your sister. <laughs> I, it's weird. It's made it weird all of a sudden. I live with my 14-year-old sister. That's weird. <laughs> it's awkward. Oh, I should point out that uh, about Ben Holman, uh, just w- before we get back to the Hunger Games, because I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, ben Holman, his nickname was Ben Halfman. Ah, nice. Because he had no legs, so yeah, that was right, quite yeah, a good... right.
0: That's quite clever. Yeah, it's a yeah, clever Holman, nickname. Halfman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, was he okay with that?
1: I think he I think he came up with it himself. I don't think it was a... An... We've discussed this before. You cannot come up with your own nickname. I think if you have no legs, you can. Okay. I think if you have some sort of physical disability, yeah. you have the right to make as much fun of yourself or, like, you know, yeah. muck around with
0: that. as Yeah, it's ownership. Did Steady Eddie name himself?
1: Yeah. Yeah. His real name
0: is uh, Lee Widows or something Oh, it's not like even that. Eddie. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He just said, I need something that rhymes with widows. Uh, no, nothing uh, Nothing about having a disability no. rhymes with widows.
0: <laughs> Next you're going to be telling me Eminem's not his name.
1: No, Marshall Mathers, <laughs> that's his
0: real name. He's, the, he's not even the real oh, Slim Shady. I don't believe you. <laughs> Next thing you're saying, Elton John's not his real name. What is his name, Elton John? I oh, don't know. Inglebert Humperdinck. What's the one? That Michael Caine has the classic one. It's like Morris Micklewhite is Michael Caine's real name. I think
1: that's right. Yeah. And, and Eddie Izzard does a famous routine about the fact that Engelbert uh, Humperdinck's real name isn't. Engelbert Humperdinck, like that. What is it? Well, something else. But they made up the name. Yeah, right. Engelbert Humperdinck. Yeah. If you're making up a showbiz name, are you really going with Engelbert Humperdinck? <laughs> uh, speaking of weird names, like Katniss was a name that I had not heard of until two weeks ago. Do you know who Katniss is? Katniss is the lead character in the Hunger Games.
0: Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. K-A-T-N-I-S-S. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, had you heard of the Hunger Games before two weeks ago? Well, only via my transforming niece. (laughs) Because she, on Facebook, I noticed. Because the the bulk of my contact with my nieces and nephews, because I live in a different state, is on Facebook. Mm. And there have been times where, you know, I've wanted to kind of join in the conversation and post on their wall or something, but I have absolutely no idea what they are talking about. Like, the sentences... I mean, I don't know if grammar has changed in 15 years, but yes. the use of punctuation and abbreviations and I swear one post was completely in initials. It was just like H-L-D-Y-X-5-2 and I was like, is, what, what's going on? You're scaring me, kids. It's
1: like old-fashioned code. <laughs> it's like we're in the war and they're trying to get messages out, but they only to the people they want to see the messages. This
0: one kid, she does this thing where she elongates a vowel in words when she writes it. So what will be W-H, then like 400 A's, then a T? And it's not... For emphasis, it's just randomly in a sentence, the A will be extended. So, you know, um, have a nice day. I can't wait to see you in class. Like, it's this really strange kind of... And I don't know Is what- she, like,
1: cool or does she just have a really shit keyboard? <laughs> 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 like, like, does she type really quickly and the A holds? And yeah. she's like, ah, well, I'll go with that. I'll make that my signature.
0: I'll be like, little Ben Halfman, <laughs> who owned that shit. I don't know what it is, but it's, yeah, they, they were chatting about the Hunger Games and she was, I think she was, had her tickets like weeks in advance. She was one of those kids who was like, you know, talking it up about a year ago. I had literally never heard of it. And that again, like you were saying. like Until when?
1: Disturbs me.
0: Well, until they started doing all the publicity for the movie. But like, when, they've been doing that for a while. When did, you, when did it come onto your radar? Three weeks ago. Okay. So when they really ramped it up for yeah. the premiere. Okay. Like, uh, yeah,
1: I reckon they yeah. So as you were saying. Obviously, people have been anticipating this movie, and normally, like, I've never read a Harry Potter, but... You're aware when a new film's coming out. Yeah, Yeah. and I was aware of what Harry Potter was, and I can reference Harry Potter, you know, he's a boy wizard, he goes to Hogwarts, I get all that shit. Like, if you'd said to me, I will give you a million dollars if you can tell me what the Hunger Games are, (laughs) I'd be like, I'm guessing there's games and people are hungry.
0: Yeah, but I'd say, but the Harry Potter thing has been around a lot longer, you know what I mean? Like oh, so how, I but, don't but know how long the, the Hunger first, Games have been around. Before the first Harry Potter came out, the books were really famous. I, I think the, the time between the Hunger Games book and the film coming out was a lot less. So, but there's three of them. I, I hear there's three. Yeah, right. There's
1: three Hunger Games. So yeah. she's obviously had time to write and put out three
0: books, and you know, and people to really enjoy those, and, and it, us to not hear anything about it. And the plot is basically the Running Man, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I've seen it now. Oh, you've seen it?
0: Yeah, twice. Oh, you liked it?
1: Yeah, I did like it, actually. Yeah, right. I thought it was really good. Like, I was amazed. I reckon the first two-thirds of it are, is awesome. And then it kind of does pull some punches towards the end. But it, kind of necessary as well. Because, yeah, as you're saying, it's, it's essentially a movie about kids killing other kids. So, for sport. Like for, for sport. For entertainment, yeah. And so I'm already in. <laughs> like, if you play that concept out darkly, yeah. I am into that movie. There is nothing. I mean, I enjoy seeing people kill each other on screen, but that's a complete difference to me about like, you know, you go, hey, some robots are going to fight in
0: Transformers. I'm yeah. like, I don't care. Have you ever seen Battle Royale? So this is the thing that it's apparently ripped off. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it either, but I'm aware of what Battle Royale is about. I remember when it came out, a lot of kind of film nerds are really into it, but I don't know if it's a direct ripoff because is Battle Royale a ripoff of Running Man? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're all sort
1: of parodies of how far reality television yeah. will go, and that's, and that's the concept. And this is what this woman said: she was watching reality television because I've read a bit about the author now, and she said she was watching reality is television. She a Mormon like the Twilight? Stephanie Meyer, Meyer. No,
0: but I don't know if she's ever been seen. So, oh, that's right, because she's not doing any publicity. No. She's doing the whole J.D. Salinger. Yeah, and there's an complaint. interview with
1: her at the end of the book, which always makes me sus that it's not her. Yeah, right. It's some um, large... It's like Max Hedgerum. Yeah. Or <laughs> they've it's, invented this celebrity. They've literally finally managed to get... A million monkeys to write a new novel, and it was the Hunger Games. They were always looking for Shakespeare, but they thought, "Well, this is actually pretty good. It's a bit like the Running Man and Battle Royale, but I think we can sell this to kids."
0: Yeah, you got the PR department saying we can't let people know that monkeys wrote this, so let's yeah. just come up with a character. We'll call her Man Man <laughs> Mankei. Mankei, she's a Japanese yeah. author called Mankei. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to work. Think harder. Okay. <laughs> The worst PR agent in the world. <laughs> so like when Wayne Carey gets busted for drugs or something, the PR guy's like, okay, here's what I think we should do. You should just come out and just say you like to do drugs. Worst <laughs> PR agent ever. So I'd never heard of it. I thought I'd go and have it, check it out.
1: For that very reason, I'm like, oh, well, I should be across this sort of shit, right? Like well, as should... you've
0: explained, if you're a comedian, it's yeah. your duty to be aware of things in popular culture. Exactly. You know who wasn't there, Charlie? Ben, ben Elton. Elton.
1: <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck you, Ben Elton.
0: <laughs> uh, so um, Taking I'm... down the big fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> Too far. Take that, Ben Elton. <laughs> Ben's
1: like is this still about how I've never listened to OK Computer is that what is? Um, so uh, I've, I've gone to see it by myself I was in Brisbane on tour and I thought middle of the day didn't have much else to do that day I'll go and check it out by myself and if it's shit if it's like Twilight I can just I can leave halfway masturbate <laughs> or masturbate <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it's funny you say that because I went on the very first day the film was released it was like so it had midnight premieres, but then this was like the Thursday, Thursday of the day of the yeah. opening, which I hadn't kind of clocked that that was the case. So I've gone to like a one o'clock in the afternoon movie thinking that it'll just be me in this giant cinema. It was it was like three quarters full by the time I got in there and full of teenage girls, essentially. Yes. <laughs> so there was no way to, well, I could have sat up the back. There probably was seats, but wherever I sat, I was going to be too close to teenage girls. Yeah. You know, particularly for a guy, it's intimidating sitting by himself.
0: Yeah, like it's just weird. So I sat right down. Oh, the right. So you're saying how you'd be perceived as a pervert? I was thinking more like teenage girls terrifying me, <laughs> like especially gangs of teenage girls because they're smart mouths and there's nothing you can say back for fear of you know. I mean, it's a fair point. I went to see um, Center Stage that that dance movie. <laughs> you are.
1: So- <laughs> <laughs> and I went and saw that, and that was all like twelve year old girls. That was even worse. But Why I, did you go and see Center Stage? I love dance movies. Any movie that has dancing in it. Have you seen the new Footloose? No, I haven't. But not because I don't want to see it. Because every time uh, it's been on somewhere, and I've gone, oh, we should watch the new Footloose. Uh, the 14-year-old sister that I live with
0: has <laughs> <laughs> said, no, we are not going to watch the new Footloose. We watched it. So we downloaded it. And pay, we paid for it on Apple yeah. TV and watched it. It is. It's. It, it's. It's so weird because... It's its own film, but then they slavishly recreate certain elements, but not all elements. Yeah. So things like... You know, so they, what are they, the, the, the tractor race? Yeah, it's not a tractor race this time. That's not one of the elements that they do, but there is like a, a game of chicken. It's sort of like a, they do it in school buses. Yeah, right. And they do this big game, it's like there's four or five trucks going around. But it's more the little details, like when he arrives at school, he's driving that, old, be- you know, yellow beetle that yeah. Kevin Bacon drove. And he's wearing the same clothes. So he's got like a, you know, a pale green shirt with like a skinny leather tie and a leather jacket on. So it's bizarre because when I saw the trailer, like, oh, it's set in the 80s because yeah. of that. The fashion is so 80s, but it's not. And then there's other elements. I like, would have loved
1: it if it was like Psycho and they'd done
0: like a Gus Van Sant shot. shot for
1: shot remake of yeah. Footloose.
0: Yeah, well, I watched that. It's funny you should say that because that was on Foxtel just like two days ago and I watched that afterwards for the same reason to see, cause I couldn't understand why if you're going to remake it, like either just, you know, completely remake it or do something completely different. But this had sort of like it's asked between two chairs. Cause you know, that very famous dance scene with Kevin Bacon, where he's so angry that he goes to the old fucking mill and he, you know, strips down to his singlet and he starts dancing yeah. and does all these acrobatics. They do that, but it's, but they've just shot it in a way. Like it's literally the same thing. He goes there, strips off his shirt, runs around and swings on things, but they've just shot it differently. <laughs> But then, you know, uh, like later on, something completely different from the film will happen. So it's just, it's, it's really weird. It's like taking an acid trip or something where you're going in and out of, have I seen this before? Have I seen this before? I don't know what the point of it was.
1: What was the main twist? Like, what was the main updated thing? If, if you were going to say they brought, did they bring anything new to the table?
0: Um, I'm just trying to think, like, the mobile phones or, uh, I guess there was, um, all right. Like, because they had
1: the concept of being being in a town where dancing is banned seems like a, even for now, seems like a, you idea. it's not, it's it's not
0: banned. It's not that what it is, is there is a curfew for kids. And when it's, when it's introduced, the way they have updated it is most of the townspeople don't agree with it. Right. They think it's a bit over the top but it's such a... They're just looking for a young guy in 80s clothes to come along <laughs> and change their minds. Well, it's, just, it's a sensitive issue because four kids died and so... Died dancing? Uh, no, they died because it's the same as the first film. Oh, yeah, Is it's, the okay, kids, they, sorry, yeah. There's a school dance. Kids get drunk at the that dance. That would have been better, though. That would have made it a much better film if right. they died dancing. Because it's
1: all about dancing. Do you know what I mean like if the At whole? At least thing they was... died
0: doing what they love.
1: Yeah, but that's why they didn't dance. Because the kids had died actually dancing. Like they've been doing the macarena and just like punt, like punch
0: each other in the face or something. I don't know. I don't know how you die dancing, but like no. Well, that's what, another update. Is they because in the original film you don't see the you don't see how the kids died. They, that's what that's what they open with in the new film. Is you yeah. see that the kids dying and then they sort of flash forward to, you know, dancing being banned. But. I'd say the other big change is there's more black characters this time around. And there's like a whole crumping kind of scene where all, you know, all the, they all go to a, a, like a drive, a drive-in theater. I think it's a drive-in theater. So that's
1: old school. Yeah. So
0: they do stuff like that all the time. And then the kids get in the car park and they have this big kind of crump session. Yeah. um, Well,
1: you have to do that now. Every one of the, I mean, as uh, the premier expert on dance movies (laughs) on this podcast, uh, because I do watch them all. Like, it doesn't matter what they are. Like, you know, step up, step up. Step it up, was it? Step up, step it, step it up, step um, up, isn't step up. It? Maybe. Is it step up? And, and there step was step up, up two or yeah. yeah. Step
0: up's Channing Tatum, right? Yeah,
1: I think yeah, so. Yeah. And uh, stomp the yard. Do you ever I say stomp the one. yard? No. That's not even dancing. That's the people who do the stomp. Like, yeah, yeah. The, like, no, 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 yeah, not no. the people who play with trash cans <laughs> yeah, right. and shit. No. <laughs> it's about a bunch of kids who go around the school and grab the top of trash cans <laughs> and bash them against each other. Uh, no, it's kind of like I guess. Dancing, marching that they do in colleges and stuff like that. Oh, uh, you're not talking about drumline. No, drumming. That's a whole different. That's amazing that film. But drumline again is that it, so? If Step Up and Drumline had a baby, <laughs> it, it would be stomp the yard, right? Because that's so about said, marching band. It's about marching bands. Well, not about bands. It's just marching. They do sort of.
0: I made a film about marching. marching.
1: Yeah. And made it so cool. Because what happened was this like, fraternity that he was you know, doing the stomping for, right? Here's the thing. They were a bit conservative and they weren't winning anymore, the stomping competition, because they were just in their old ways with their old, old routines. And then this young guy with a whole bunch of attitude and some funky moves... He came in and they watched him
0: dance and they learned how to, you know, feel it. And was he like a guy who um, was on the wrong side of the tracks yeah. or something, or maybe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, like, you know, he, initially he kind of, you know, he sort of uh, rubbed people up the wrong way. Yeah. But his sheer fucking artistry and the passion for what he did, like, yep. you know, that's what sort of spoke volumes. He wasn't good with words, but when he danced. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they always have a scene in a hip hop club. Doesn't matter. Yeah. All those movies, set a stage, they always end up in a. Uh, what was the one with... I just Honey, um, not understand how... Jessica Dan- Alba.
0: Honey. Honey, that. yeah. yeah. I, I don't understand, like, the thing about the dance battle, how that is meant to work. Like, how do you win a dance battle? Like, if... So just say you and I... Okay, just just are at a nightclub yeah. right now, right? And we just... And like, I oh. walk up to you and I start doing this kind of shit and I'm like, yeah. I'm and like-. is that is that how a dance battle starts?
1: Like, is there a formal sort of you know the dance battle ha- is it like you know we've spoken before- <laughs> you through to apply in writing <laughs> we've spoken before about the hockey right yeah and how you know if you go over and you pull off your gloves and yeah. you throw them down and everyone backs away yeah that's yeah. the start of the hockey fight is there an equivalent of that with your dance battle is it just like throwing from, down your handbag or I think something
0: from what I've, from every music video it has to do with standing across from someone and then making some ridiculously over the top gesture with your hand like, oh yeah, yeah you know you flick from your chin or something like that it's like slapping someone with a, a glove in like yeah. the oldie times yeah that's right and you cross your arms a lot Oh, yeah, you do the old, old school b-boy stance yep. if you look at someone with an old school b-boy stance it's an invitation for a dance battle and also
1: you know what it's also the most withering thing you can do to someone after they've busted out their best move drop one shoulder <laughs> 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 it's like yeah oh. <laughs> but it's like it's, it's sort of like
0: yeah I admit that that was pretty good but whatever i got some other shit but isn't it subjective man like just so you so you know we're at a club and I come out and I bust out the worm and I'm doing that in front of you and I get up and you know and you come out, and then you do the fucking like robot or something. Yeah. Who is determining who like who's winning there? Like yeah. you know, in boxing, it's all about point scoring, and yeah. you know if you hit certain areas. Like how is is that how dance battles work? No, it's it's. I mean, this is just a vibe. This is yeah. Vibe. It's
1: a vibe. This is the thing about art, Charlie. It's it's hard to compare two works of art against each other. And I'd like to see in a dance battle that happen. Them eventually get to a point where they go, you know what? We're both winners. We're both good. We're both good dancers. Some people would have enjoyed the way I dance. Some would have enjoyed the way you dance. But we just dance. Dance was the big winner tonight. <laughs> yeah, there's no official scoring system. Normally it seems to be a give in. Like, So I think it's a to and fro. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where if I like give you a little bit of dance battle action, Yeah. it's like a rap battle, I suppose. You go until one person can't, can't, can't take it up to the next level. Yeah. So I assume with your dance battle, the idea is... I throw something down and if you do a move that the sort of crowd and everyone around kind of goes, yeah, that's better than the move he just did. Yeah. You're still in the dance battle. So okay. then I have to come back with a you know, my next best move and everyone's like, yeah, that's so kind of like, better.
0: you know what it is? Maybe it's like you kind of got to take what you're doing and then step it up a bit. So you come out and do the running yeah. man. I come out and do the running man but then do a fucking backflip. So then you have to come out and do a backflip but then fucking like, you know, Walk like an Egyptian, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Charlie. My, do, do you know what you need to do? What you need to step up.
1: <laughs> you need to take centre stage. I and don't. Then want, you need to stop the yard. I don't want to get served.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about it. You know, we should all get footloose and take centre stage. was there anyone who ever went and saw the movie? You got served,
1: thinking it was just about good customer service. <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's a bunch of people in a coffee shop. Did did you get served? I think that, I mean, look, maybe we're not the right culture for it down in Australia, but you got served that like about being served. It seemed to be one of those things. It's almost like I could imagine there was some kind of branding meeting where they're like, you know, what's cool, what's hip, what's the oh, terminology that kids use? You got served. And so that's what they know. And, and they kind of were hoping that it would become this kind of thing about getting yeah. served that never quite took off. I don't know. Maybe in the When States. somebody tries to create a sort of... Like a movement or a... Like it's almost like a viral kind of thing, you know? like a Some people can do that though. Like, you know, like everyone says
1: that shit cray now. Have you heard people say that? No, thank God. That's I what young people say. That shit cray. Uh-huh. Or they say cray cray. Cray cray. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that wasn't a thing. A while ago. No. And then now it's a thing for everybody. On my iPhone, my autocorrect spelt out dough. I said dough. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty amazing. And yet when you type in anal, it thinks you mean coal. <laughs> 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 Why would Charlie ever write coal? <laughs> Cock. <laughs> Cock and anal and coal. There are yeah. your three. On...
0: <laughs> Two of those three things yeah. I'm into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll let you work it out. <laughs> um, so, Hunger Games. Yes. Um, so, I went to see it, and uh, there was uh, the cinema was full of um, teenage girls. Yeah. Sorry, I should pause while I do this, because the one thing that I probably shouldn't do is pour red wine over all our equipment.
0: <laughs> it's not like we don't have the...
1: Hey, imagine if we fixed the sound. I was going to say, if, I just if poured... this was
0: weird science <laughs> yeah. or something, a beautiful girl, a, a toefop woman would appear out of our computer.
1: Oh, my God. Imagine if we poured wine... On this equipment right now, and, and Kelly
0: LeBrock appeared in like a Tofop singlet and underpants. Yeah, but we, do it, do it! Right but, now.
1: but we had to record our podcast into her boobs. Oh my
0: god, that's like amazing. she is
1: literally our podcast robot.
0: Oh, that's amazing! So we don't need this equipment anymore. No, we literally she becomes we, it comes to life. Once a week, we meet up yeah. and we lie on her boobs. We mm. all lie on the ground and we put a head on each boob, yeah. and then we just speak into her boobs, yeah. and that's how we record the podcast. And it's perfect sound. Oh, it'd be amazing. And if we have a guest, they have to go into her vagina. What does Kelly the Rock look like now? She was so hot. But oh, that's,
1: well, that's the Kelly LeBrock we're getting. the Rock we're getting—the hot one, the yeah. one now. Imagine if that was the only thing about this scenario we kept realistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're willing to buy the whole wine into the equipment makes a robot tofuop machine, but she has to be age appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for Kelly the Tofop. Yeah. So uh, I, I had to sit down the front of the, um, the cinema because all the teenage girls were behind me, which is kind of a weird experience in a big cinema because there's a massive crowd in,
0: but when you're at the cinema down the front, the movie could essentially just be for you. Like yeah, the, I love that. That's, yeah, that's, that's why I always fantasize when I see if it's an empty cinema already down the front. It's like, yep. everyone's in my home theater right now. Yeah, I'm oh, Michael Jackson. This is
1: Neverland. <laughs> and this was like a massive theater. So it really was, it felt like that yeah. sort of scenario. So I've started watching the film. And it's, I mean, I'll try not to give too many spoilers away because I know it's pretty early on and people might want to see this. But um, It's about hungry people playing games. Yeah. I I think that, yeah, it's a a, a big screen adaption of Hungry Hungry Hippos. (laughs) They thought the battleship worked so well that they go with Hungry Hungry Hippos next you uh, have trouble saying hungry, hungry hippos. I
0: do hungry, hungry hippos. That's better. <laughs> yeah, I think the first one was hunger, hunger hippos. I oh, know <laughs> hunger, time. hunger hippos sounds like the like some cheap Asian knockoff of hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> well, hunger, hunger hippos. Well, you, remember at our
1: house, uh, uh, who is it? Who is it? Yeah. Amy and you used to play. I love who is it? Who is it? Which was like a really cheap knockoff of Guess Who? Yeah.
0: But the way we would play it mm. is you couldn't actually come up with physical descriptions. You had to come up with personality traits. Yep. And it's a really good test to see if you and your friend are kind of like on the same wavelength. Or When you see someone, you judge them to be the same thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, whether you guys would be good uh, people at airports Profile. fighting
0: terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> We're profilers. <laughs> yeah. that's.
1: What, I guess that's. I guess the mentalist would be really
0: good at that. Yeah. For but, sort of people. I'd say, but it's also about like an exercise in superficiality, you know. Because, you know, if you get the, I don't know, one of the guys has a big bushy moustache, the first thing you go is pedophile.
1: Yeah. He's a pedophile. Or if he has glasses, pedophile. Or if he was uh, in an ice cream truck,
0: pedophile. What's more pedophilic, a beard or a moustache? Moustache. Yeah. I, I mean, mean... why is that? Why is it? Yeah. Uh, there's something about a moustache that I think,
1: and this is not to have a go at people with moustaches, but it's going to sound like I am. Uh, I You're think You're all pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think a moustache says some really distinct things. Like a beard, I don't think, unless you've got a big beard, but like just a beard beard doesn't necessarily, I think, shout one thing out. But I reckon with a moustache, it either says pedophile or debonair, debonair or, or sports person. Yes. Like, you know, there's that classic sort of sports person. And yeah. Up.
0: But is that, but are there sports people now with moustaches?
1: No, but it says... The, but I think still when you see a sports person... I mean, like, I actually... Love, you look like, at those old blokes like Lee Matthews.
0: Yeah. Lee Matthews looked great with a moustache. Yeah, I like moustaches. Yeah. Tom Selleck. I mean, Tom Selleck yeah. looks bizarre without his moustache. He... There are certain people who look better with them. Yeah. I don't mind a moustache. The pedophile moustache is... It's generally bushy, though. Like, if you see, like, a Robert Downey Jr. kind of, you know, pencil-thin one, like, it's like... Hey, artist. Maybe yeah. you go artist. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if you've
1: got a big, bushy moustache... That's well, kind of got you
0: know what it, if it's got a bit of saliva in the bits that hang over your lips. I quite like a handlebar. I'll occasionally shave my beard into a handlebar mustache. You like don't that. do a bad handlebar, actually. Yeah. I must admit. Well, you know what my style is? What I've worked out? White trash. Yeah. Like if you put me in trucker hats, flannels, singlets, jeans, I look. I'm a good redneck. Yeah. It's a pity that's not cool here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like I a great racist. No, but you've got a good sort of like. I reckon that could be a cool look to have in America, but here there's no sort of. Oh look, he's got like a you know, kind of modern
0: take on redneck. Yeah, like I'm... like a, It's like a hipster version of California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you... Born in the wrong era in the wrong country, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it was the 80s in America, I'd be the coolest cat going around. If you... Here's an interesting scenario. If you, Charlie... Yes.
1: I went to America, right? Yes. And you happened to be dressed as, like, you know... A white trash dude. Yeah. And just people loved you. And... But your agent said to you, look, the reason they love you is they... You, oh, so you play like a... Redneck. A redneck guy as a cameo
0: in something. Like Ryan Quanton in uh, True Blood. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. So they, you get this role and people love it. Yeah. And your agent's like, yeah, you know, get... No one knows you're from Australia. Yeah. You're
1: getting all these offers. Yeah. But they all love you because they think... You're white trash. That you are like... So you know how Sam Worthington... Yeah, yeah. Uh, ...goes on talk shows
0: and pretends that he's... Uh, normal Aussie bloke. What do you mean? Isn't he? I thought he was a, a labourer. Just a just an Aussie bloke, mate. Just, just like, an Aussie bloke. Mate, I don't even like auditioning. Right. I just uh, turn I up and people see me and they put me in movies. Mate. I don't know what's going on. I was on. just
1: there with my mates lifting
0: their fridge. I was helping them move their fridge and they were going to an audition and I happened to learn the part by accident. Mate, we don't have a lot of time when there's a big ball of mud. <laughs> I, I was, actually heard him fucking say that I once. I was talking to
1: me, mate, Jim. Jim Cameron. Uh.
0: Uh, he went on uh, a US talk show recently Al Sam Worthington and... Uh, uh, told uh, a story about how he doesn't have a mobile phone. Don't need it, mate. Don't need it, uh, mate. Look, you know, this acting thing, it's all just a bit of a game. Yeah, mate. Sometimes I get a script if it brings, you know, brings a bit of a tear to the eye. I might consider it, but, uh, you yeah. it's just a circus. I prefer to be on the farm. fishing, yeah. yeah. Shooting. Riding. In fact, uh, the
1: only reason I got to this talk show tonight in front of millions of people was my agent sent the invite on a carrier pigeon. <coughs> Wasn't there a, <laughs> how, how are you an actor mm-hmm. who doesn't have a mobile phone? Wasn't there
0: a photo of Sam Worthington at the premiere of Avatar or something and he's wearing like a $4,000 tuxedo, yep. but like old fucking like his old mate. or something. Just his blunties, mate. Because he's keeping it real. Yeah, and he's just like, you know, these are the only, these are the only shows, shoes i got for fancy events. It's like, yeah. where'd you get the fucking $8,000 yeah. tuxedo yeah, from? You yeah, had that as well? But they couldn't chuck you a pair of shoes Really? As well? No one? No <laughs> one would lend you a pair of shoes? Clarks. Would have given you a pair of forty buck leather
1: shoes, man. I I love the idea too that he doesn't like. I mean, it's just the most pretentious thing to say for an actor that you don't have a mobile phone because there's just no way an actor is not going to well, have a mobile phone. Apparently, Bill Murray doesn't have a
0: mobile phone, and I'd believe that. Yeah, but that's but big deal. But that's
1: always that story's always told, and oh, we couldn't get Bill Murray because Bill Murray doesn't have a mobile phone. Not but like Sam
0: Worthington's in everything. Yeah,
1: like how are people getting in contact with him? Maybe that's why he's in everything. His agents. He'll one day get a mobile phone. There'll be like a thousand messages from agent <laughs> going. Don't do Ross of the Titans. It's <laughs> going to be horrible. <laughs> oh, I didn't have a mobile phone, mate. i just... <laughs> um, so, your yeah, agents say to you, yeah. they, they love this redneck character, but they think that's who you are. And we think you can break through. Uh, this, the majority of America, its biggest market, you know who they love? They love Paul Blart, the more cop, and they love the uh, blue-collar Red comedy Fox tour, and, uh, and they and love... Larry the Cable Guy. Larry yeah. the Cable Guy. This is... This Ooh. market... This market has been crying out for a sort of younger,
0: cooler person that we can all put our money behind. Yeah. We're going to give you like a three-picture deal. It's going to be like Joe Dirt meets yep. like, you know, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Joe Dirt meets stay in character. Like, so But you have say, to stay in character. So when you do the how, talk shows how, and do, stuff, how do they possibly, like, won't an Australian journalist go, uh, hey guys, <laughs> I mean, are we living in a world where that won't happen? Yeah, we're living in a world where that won't happen. Okay. The, the, so the, I have to go on talk shows and stay in character? Yeah.
1: But also, like, you're going to have to say racist things and stuff like oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Well, that's your character. Okay. Um, so you've got a so big career, but you're going
0: to have to go on and, like... It's like a... Uh, like, for example, a, you're going to... It's, play, like, it's like a Sacha Baron Cohen character. Yeah. Except you're never out of character. Yeah. And so, I get, I'm, but I'm going to make a lot of money, right? Yeah. But there's
1: going to be things like um, they'll release stories that you won't work with black people on set.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no way I'd work if they released those stories. I mean, think about fucking Mel Gibson. No, but this is specifically targeted to a certain
1: demographic. You are the Tyler Perry of rednecks. You know how we Tyler Perry movies? <laughs> <The> no. <Tara. laughs> we dub <dubbed thee> the the <laughs> Tyler Perry of rednecks. Well, because essentially... Arise, the, sir, redneck. I mean, look at what Tyler Perry does. Yeah. He only appeals to exactly the same people each time. He's, his movies are completely incomprehensible to yeah, but anyone but his target so demographic. So basically, I have to
0: become a racist icon. Yeah.
1: I but you're going to be the biggest racist icon of all
0: time. That's the scenario. Is it, well, would it be in the same way that, say, like Andrew Dice Clay? I mean, Andrew Dice Clay did material that was racist, but there was a sense of parody in what he was doing. But people who were genuinely kind of racist, like, you know, took him to be like their god. Would it be something like that? Yes, but I'm going to say... Like
1: It'd be more like this. There'd be some people like, oh, no, it's an act. He's subverting the dominant yeah. paradigm of
0: racism and making it... Like, in the same way as... Well, it would be an amazing thing that an Australian is playing like a southern <laughs> redneck in the States to hold up a mirror to multicultural America. Yeah. It's like, you fucking pretentious cunt. Get back to your own country. <laughs> yeah,
1: go back and be racist in your own country yeah. about your own people. I'm racist to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of Australia.
0: I could have an America you cunt.
1: Um, I'm interested. I'm interested to know... You
0: wouldn't do it, I imagine. There's no way. No. There's no way I can't promote that shit. Yeah. I mean, I think. So it wouldn't matter but, what the reward but, is for you. But if, it was a way, if there was a way of doing it that was kind of funny in the way Sasha Baron Cohen does, like, you know, Borat or yeah. something, yeah, I think that'd be great. I would love to just be in character and just to say the wrong things. Yeah. But as long as kind of people were most aware that smart I'm people knew that you were satirizing. Well, I guess that's the problem, though. Like, you could do it clearly as satire, and there's a, probably a, a good chance that most people think you're for real. Oh, I think quite a lot of the time that happens. People. Like it's when Chris Lilly was doing uh, Jamie, interv- Jamie, whatever interviews on the fu- on to radio stations, and people listening thought it was like for real. Yeah, that's. I mean, and that's the danger of it. You know what it is though? People are so willing to be outraged. Like I think I was watching the news the other day, and it's like, fuck, man, news has fully become entertainment now. Like, oh it, yeah, definitely. It is all about emotional trigger points and. Yeah. People are so ready to be outraged. It's like they—it's like there's this cynicism about the world around us, where it's like, yes, tell me about an ethnic group that you know mugs someone, or tell me about why single mothers are trying to fucking rot the system, or or tell me why environmentalists are all fucking kooky drug takers, or tell me you know all these kind of uh, trigger points, and it's like, holy shit, man! Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand whether how we're meant to uh, like. Uh, work out what, what is news and what is entertainment because you watch the nightly news now and it's also it's the same way that they cut together e-news you know like e-news is celebrity focused news so it's all about stuff that doesn't mean anything but sort of dressed up in a way that seems important but now they're doing the same thing on the real news they used to let you make up your mind about how you thought about it that's the difference whereas now they tell
1: you how you're meant to feel about something I think. But do you think it's because people want to be outraged? Yeah. I mean, we live in a culture of outrage. And I've got a couple of theories on this. Uh, the first one is that I think that we are predominantly asked for our opinion much more than we used to be. Like, in the old days, people like were just like, uh, we're the smart people, we're in charge. The rest of you shut the fuck up. But now, we live in a culture that is... Everyone has an opinion. ...dominated by... But not just... Everyone always had an opinion, Charlie. But no one used to tell them that their opinion was important, right? Now everything tells you that your opinion is important, right? Yeah. Like, we live in a a culture where two fucking mid-30s idiots can go, our boring conversations are so interesting, we should record them and put them out on the internet and make people listen to them. You could have made fun of the Kardashians and made the same point. It's, it's <laughs> not enough <laughs> that we have to have these conversations with each other. We are vain enough to think that the
0: rest of the world needs to hear our opinions on things. I don't know. That's not... Um, no, that, I mean, I know what you're saying, but that's not why we do this. I don't do this not No, this, no, no,
1: this yeah. is not why we do this. Yeah. I was making fun of us. But, okay. But... Uh, we live in a world dominated. I don't
0: take jokes about tootpot very well, Will. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> Charlie's the Start more. That's getting a fight with you. Charlie's the more thin-skinned of us. Yeah. This is where all the shit went wrong. Yeah. While I was still taking it lightly and flippantly and enjoying it, and Charlie's changing went-
0: the world, Will. If you can't see that, imagine that. This is actually stage one in my yeah. fascist takeover of the of the world. This is this is
1: the courtesy finger before you go
0: full the way in. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna, I'm going to
1: warm people up and then I'm going to start slipping in my real ideas. One at a time, but eventually a complete manifesto. Manifesto. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me introduce you to my manifesto. It'd be great, one of those, you know, those old
1: school posters where the, the <laughs> fist is up in the air. Like <laughs> guys like those communism posters. Yes. <laughs> That's your manifesto. <laughs>
0: Do you have a manifesto? We have something oh, similar. Yeah, it's very close. It just has a different
1: vowel and some more lube, if you're lucky. <laughs> that
0: is part one of my manifesto, <coughs> yoga and lube. Uh, the thing about the, the people wanting to have an opinion is... Um, uh, Chief, ex-Chief Justice Michael Kirby came out and did a, a press conference because he's retired yep. and he was talking about how he thinks that if more gay public, fi- if more public figures who are gay came out of the closet, it yep. would help address a lot of the you know, issues that uh, the gay community have at the moment. Yep. And so I eagerly went to the comment section under oh, the yeah, article of when I read that and there was this uh, repetitive theme throughout all of it, which was so funny because people were saying, look... I don't care what anyone does in their private life. I just don't know why we need to know about it. If people are gay, then they should just keep that themselves. I don't tell people about what I do with my wife. And I was like, yeah, but you don't have day-to-day situations in which, you know, you have to think twice about mentioning that you live with a man. You never have to pause before you say, my wife. Yeah, ever. That ever. You've never had to say... You've never had to point that out. You've never, you've never, you've always had to justify why you like musicals. Yeah, <laughs> it um is it's interesting that
1: topic as well. The idea of whether gay people, you know, should come because I, I read that article and I there's part of me uh, that thinks that he's right. You know, there's part of
0: me that thinks. The
1: more people that but come out... But he wasn't out,
0: saying people... Sh- like he w- it wasn't like a call to action or no, a shame on you. No. He was just saying, look, if this it happened... It would help it other would be, people. Yeah. Which, and I totally agree with Which that. Which
1: I totally agree with as well. But then on the other side of that, uh, a very big Australian uh, comedy star, Magda Zabansky, came out recently. And I've known Magda for years, and I've known Magda was gay for years. And I always... Because she's most, one of the most beloved... <laughs> Australian comedians of all time. Yeah, like just because she's awesome. She is awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Like, just never does anything bad. She's absolute cracker. And a, a perfect person. And I always was like, oh, I wish she would come out. Because if people are like Magda's gay... Because everyone loves Magda Everybody Zabansky. loves Magda Zabansky, yeah. But she was afraid of, like, you know, for whatever reason... You know, she's done it now. Well, you know what? She had to take her time.
0: It brings attention. And it's not my business, you know. The weird thing is no one is ever asked to explain a straight relationship, but you're asked to explain a gay relationship, you know? Yeah. And that's, and that is the the major difference. But it just, I mean, you know, the Catholic Church has come out recently and, and they're trying to rally kind of, you know, Catholics to sort of like petition against gay marriage. And it's like, oh, dude. Like, those in glass houses should throw stones. Like, are you seriously, an institution which has covered up pedophilia yeah. is going to come out and tell other people how to live? Like, it, it's just insane. Like and the, the weirdest, hypocrisy is insane. But also,
1: the weirdest thing about it is, is they're already been gay, these people. Like, we already live in a world where, like, you know, we've essentially gone, you know, people are gay and they are gay with each other. Yeah. It's no longer a myth. Gay people are no longer a myth. But surely that's the bit that should be hardest to deal with with people. Yeah. Like if these like if you think it's such an immoral lifestyle, right? Which I do not. But if you think it is an immoral lifestyle, right? Surely you should be happy that they want to get married. Yeah. Like surely you'd be like, oh well, they're,
0: they're gonna contain it. Yeah, they're <laughs> to not, one person.
1: Yeah, I thought it was all just fucking each other all the time, but no, these are two people who want to go. We will just be with each other and yeah, yeah all that. Not sort only of that,
0: thing. but it's just the insane hypocrisy of how often have we heard the sacred institution of marriage, yeah. that sacred institution which has a fifty percent fucking divorce, divorce rate, right.
1: you know? and, and homosexuality isn't mentioned in the New Testament, but divorce is. Like do you know what I mean like divorce is is the biggest sin? You shouldn't be worried about gay people getting married. You should be worried about gay people divorcing. Yeah, that's when they've really fucked things up. Somebody uh, posted a thing on on Facebook, and I, I kind of posted on my page, but I didn't come up with it. But they said um, getting angry at somebody for getting married because it it's against your religion is getting is like getting angry at somebody for eating a donut when you're on a diet.
0: And I thought well, that's yeah, it's it, it doesn't affect you in any way. No, in any way. But it's, I think it's that culture of we're entitled to be outraged, you know, like it's just, I don't know. I don't know what's happened if it's, I don't know if the media has taught us to be like that or if we've kind of uh, told the media that that's what we want, but it is. this. No. So I literally do have
1: two theories on this,
0: which is the first one is that we're constantly
1: encouraged to give feedback and we are. Uh, Politics is focus group driven constantly you know Um, the music you listen to on radio stations is focus group driven everything you know before an ad campaign goes out it goes to focus groups people are constantly being asked for their opinion on things Mm. but not just that as you were saying before about newspaper articles every newspaper article now comes with a comments section underneath so people can give their feedback you buy a loaf of bread and the loaf of bread has bring us up and tell us what you thought of the loaf of bread you buy a bag of chips I like I bought a bag of chips the other day and it said um let us know how you felt about this bag of chips. And I really did feel like ringing them up and going, your chips are too needy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to eat them and then not have to call. I have to fucking call. And then the chip's like, oh, you called three days later. <laughs> but so we're constantly being asked for feedback. But here's the second thing. And this is why it really works. Is that in the old days, media was measured. Yeah, you bought a newspaper, right? A uh, news. What? A newspaper. What's the- what is this of which you speak? You know those news sites you go to on the internet? Yes. They used to be written down on paper. <laughs> I don't believe you. So, when someone buys a newspaper, Charlie, you know that they've bought the newspaper. So, you can say our paper has this sort of circulation. Then they do these weird things called readership figures, which are the most outrageously inflated things you'll ever see in broadcasting. But so you'll some, sometimes see, like a paper, say we have a, uh, we sell 500,000 copies, but we have a readership of, 900,000. And they've done this weird thing of like, you know, you you buy a paper and three people in your house read it or or whatever it is, you know. Um, But you could never tell. (laughs) Couldn't imagine those numbers being inflated at all. No. And they are. They're all the most outrageously inflated numbers of all time. It's like, I'm pretty sure this one was in a doctor's waiting room. 90 people read it. (laughs) We sold four copies. A million readers. Uh, So um the, the second thing, the thing that's changed is, so back then when somebody bought a newspaper, you did not know what uh, article, what section necessarily was the bit that they were reading the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously. they made judgments in the newsroom, put this on the front page, put this on the back page, but you couldn't have any stats on that.
0: Now you have most... Red article. Yeah.
1: So, what happens is um, advertising, and it always comes back to advertising. Yeah. It always comes back to advertising, which is, at the moment, on websites, on news websites and stuff like that, the way they sell advertising is on click-throughs. So, if people click through to the article that measures as a read of that article. Now, that doesn't actually mean that people yeah, read man, that read article. article. No, It means they clicked through that page. So what you'll find, if you take a normal print edition of a newspaper and then you look at the website of the same newspaper, the articles will always have sexier headlines, yeah, 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 more yeah. outrageous things. On news.com.au, that... Um, Gordon Ramsay dwarf double who was found down the badger hole,
0: that was like the number one story for about six weeks. every time you go to to news.com and you check out the top five articles from anywhere in the country, tits will be roundabout one, two, or three. Tits or football will be... Tits,
1: drugs, football, outrage. Yeah. And so what happened was there was a couple of big um, stories, and one of the biggest ones was Russell Brand... Uh, and Jonathan Ross ringing oh, yeah. um, Manuel's, Manuel's <laughs> <James Elder. laughs> so, and that was one of the biggest stories that the UK press ever had. There was a couple of scandals back here with the Chaser and with Fiona O'Loughlin and stuff like that. They were massive, massive stories. And yeah. now you find, I mean, every time Carl Sandilands gets in trouble, it is the most click story in the country. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. We live in a culture of outrage. Outrage sells. Yeah. And and advertising also gives us this idea that there's always something better out there than the thing that we have. But why well, I
0: don't understand why is the out, why is outrage such an attractive or like cathartic thing, is it Well here it, very simply, like you've got two excuses,
1: Charlie, for why your life isn't as good as what you think your life should be. One immigrants. <laughs> well, that's normally number two. Okay. Number one is that you have made some bad decisions in your life, you've had a bit of bad luck, and you probably didn't apply yourself quite as hard as you could have. And for are those three, reasons, Are you talking straight to me because I, I like yeah, you, sense. Charlie. <laughs> there are two reasons your life aren't, isn't like working you've known out, me Charlie. My life. Oh my god, how did you know? <laughs> this is not a podcast. This is life coaching. <laughs> uh, there's two reasons your life is not as successful as you want it to be. One, your fault. And that's probably the truth. And I'm not saying it's everyone's fault. Like some people have unforeseen circumstances that lead them to what they have. But as a perception of the world, there are two things you can blame. You can blame yourself or you can blame other people and say it's their fault that you don't get what you want. So the number one thing that goes through all those immigration debates or whatever, yeah, they're coming here to take our jobs. You know, like really? Are they coming here to take my job? Is there a whole bunch of... You know, refugees looking to coming here on a boat going, oh, I've heard it's <laughs> the land of podcasts. We want to do talk of Batman and time travel. Yeah. <laughs> they're being persecuted in their own countries because <laughs> they're not allowed to talk about prison sex. Um, what is up with Kathy Bates? And would you have sex with her? <laughs> <laughs> where have they come from? Where, is that, where is that accent from? <laughs> you might be able to do that racist thing. <laughs> uh, Coming here on boats,
0: taking out podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine that? Next time on the 730 Report, when they have one of those open forums about immigration and a bunch of podcasters say, well, we're from the National Allegiance of Podcasts. These immigrants are going to come in. Podcasting equipment's very cheap. They're going to do a lot of talk about other stuff that we want to talk about. They'll probably be talking about ideas that we don't like in this country. (laughs) Oh, fuck, man. Australian values. That's the other fucking thing people get outraged about. It's not in keeping with Australian values. What are Australian values? Considering this is a country that was colonised by convicts.
1: I also heard a guy, (laughs) they were talking about whether they should play sport on Good Friday. So they play rugby league on Good Friday, um, but we don't, in the AFL, they play on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I love the way you said we. You aligned yourself. We. Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't play on the, on the Friday, right? And it's always been a thing. The AFL don't play on the Friday and we don't have sport on Christmas day. Like in America, you know, the basketball's on Christmas Day, but we don't play sport. Or as
0: they like to call it, the fuck you Christmas (laughs) event. So, um, we don't have that. I'd love to go to see a football game on Christmas Day. That would actually make my Christmas Day. Yeah, I mean, they should... If you had a grand final replay on Christmas Day, how much money do you reckon you'd make on that? Heaps. 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 Although you'd have to pay pay the players a lot of money. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, let's just... It's not like the AFL's fucking short on cash. But just say, you have a grand final replay that's not for points. Yeah. It's just like an exhibition match on Christmas Day. And make it like a twilight match so people have time to spend with their families. And Because every Christmas you've got that, you know, after like lunch, yeah. everyone's just sitting around. Full of hand. And Rock down the, the toys. G. Imagine going to the G yeah. and watching fucking like Geelong and Conwood play again. But Although, this time, they're given weapons. <laughs> <laughs> like the Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it really will fuck up
1: the pitch for the boxing Day test the next oh, day yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of turn out of uh, Alan Didak's divot marks. <laughs> um, so this guy was on the radio and they were having a big debate about whether they should play sport on Good Friday yeah and uh, he's rung up and this was his argument. He goes, mate, this is a Christian country. If we were in some Muslim country they wouldn't be playing an AFL game on Good Friday And I went, if we're in a Muslim country, They wouldn't play AFL or celebrate Good (laughs) Friday. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, technically what you're saying is correct, (laughs) but not necessarily for the reasons you thought. (laughs) Um, So we have this attitude of people are going to come here and take our stuff. And, and, you know, Justin Hamilton has been a guest on this podcast, always makes the point that if... Someone who has traveled from a country where they haven't got a job, they've had to come here on a rickety boat with their family, is going to take your job? You're not very good at your job. Be better at your job. That should be the thing. Totally. But we are very good at looking around and saying it's someone else's fault that things aren't... And look, sometimes it is someone else's fault. I'm not saying that... Like, you're an idiot if you think that anything's black and white. Mm. You're an idiot if you don't think that bad people come into countries illegally or whatever, but... But, you know, that doesn't mean that everyone who comes into a country illegally is a bad person. And there's plenty of fucking bad people who were born here. Well, this much is, more, the, you know. Yeah, I
0: mean, this is the thing that, uh, that I understand is that... I don't understand why people focus on race. When if you focus on personality, you're going to get a much more accurate picture. Totally. Because there are dickheads... Everywhere. In every fucking oh, culture. In not every sp- society. There are dickheads everywhere. If we could somehow not... If we took the funds from the war on terror and made it a war on dickheads, yeah. we'd actually get somewhere. And you know what the thing is, Charlie? This, is, this does actually sound
1: like you're starting your manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, we get rid of the dickheads. <laughs> Kneel before Tupac. <laughs> uh, this is my thing. This is why I'd love if there was no racism in the world. Because I would love to be able to hate an Asian. <laughs> I would love to be able to hate a black guy. I'm Charlie Clawson. <laughs> no, I would love to be able to hate, you know, do you mean? Because then, if you did hate any of those people, if we lived in a world without racism... It would be based on the... You'd just be hating them because you didn't like them. Yeah. And that's totally fine. You have nothing in common with them. Their views are different to your views and you can't get along. But it, it's it's much harder in the world we live in because if you... You know, it's like that. Class- like, I, if if there was a, you know what? Sometimes I am behind a bad Asian driver. That doesn't make me think that all Asians are bad drivers. You're behind a particularly bad Asian. But driver. sometimes I'm behind a bad Asian driver, yeah. and I'd be. To, I wish I could say you're a bad driver, but I can't because I'm like I'll be furthering that
0: stereotype. Ah, oh, god damn you know it! What I mean? Yeah, racism. You've taken away our ability to it's fucking make fun of other people. <laughs> god damn it! <laughs> well, racism makes it hard to be racist. Yeah. Well, it's like fucking that uh, beautiful scene in Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is a massively underrated film, where uh, uh, Zeus, played by Samuel L. Jackson, says to John McClane, Bruce Willis, you don't like me because I'm black. And he's gone, I don't like you because you're an asshole." No. But it's more like an
1: You know, I don't think that was... Was that not an originally a... Um, if I
0: remember... It's a good film. It's I, amazing. I really like that film. It's underrated massively. It is a really... It's actually almost... I mean I know Die Hard's a classic, but I think Die Hard with a Vengeance, because they take the same idea but put a, a much more interesting twist on it.
1: Oh, so you're not you, you didn't rate the second one with Sipowicz from NYPD Blue? Oh it's Sipowitz!
0: Fuck yes! I always wondered where that like that snooty fucking head of security was yeah. from.
1: It's Sipowitz. Dennis yeah, yeah. Franz. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't really like Die Hard too. No. It's it's Die Hard one but at an airport. You know what it is? It's like when Pearl Gem released ten mm. and then Versus and then Vitology. That's what, like, Die Hard 2 is kind of, yeah. like, you know, versus... It's the, it's the fucking crowd-pleasing one, and then they get back to fucking... I, I, if I remember this correctly, I'm pretty sure
1: that Die Hard with a Vengeance wasn't written as a Die Hard film.
0: Well, I don't think they are. I think what happens with post the first Die Hard film is they buy up action novels that's about, a, you know, like a fucking renegade cop-taking on terrorists, and then just say, John McClane.
1: Yeah, but I might be making this up. But I reckon. Top fact time. Yeah, this may well be a top fact, but I believe that the, the script was an original. It was a movie script called uh, Simon Says. You know how? Oh he, yeah, because in the, the movie he keeps in, doing the yeah, whole. Yeah, Simon yeah. Says. Yeah, yeah. And that was the that was the, what the movie was. And
0: then. How do you know this? You don't. You hate movies. I'm impressed. No, I the like, human internet approves. <laughs> <laughs> I may be making this. Up. <laughs> no, but well, that's just like the
1: internet. But then I believe it was uh, pitched as or bought as or sold as or something like that as a Little Weapon uh, sequel. Yeah. Well, that and that's so, where all the black, sense. white, you know, that, uh, that stuff yeah, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. from. yeah, because it's meant to be Murtar and things. Yeah. Yeah. And then they made it into Die Hard with a Vengeance. Now, that may be completely made up, but that if it's not, that legit. is a... Yeah. But I imagine... That it. would be a weird thing that my brain had made up. If that's not true... If I've made that up in my head, that is a <laughs> weird so thing for detailed, my brain to yeah. have made up. Yeah,
0: some weird. Because so much of, of it makes sense when yeah, I say it. Completely. Why, why? How did that come to mind? Hang on. Should I Google it? Yeah. Why not? Your internet is fucking bullshit here. Yeah, it's really bullshit. It's going really slow. It's like it's like being in... We could go out into the street and just ask people randomly and I think we'll get an answer about whether or not Simon Says was the basis for Die Hard 3, which could have been a Lethal Weapon film much faster than you Oh, hang it. on. Hang, okay. okay.
1: I've got onto the Die Hard with a Vengeance wiki site and I know there's some people who hate when we read shit off Wikipedia. You know what? Fuck Including does. that one guy who was like, it's not a
0: podcast if you read stuff off Wikipedia. I, I, we don't turn on our fans very often. Fuck you, man. Th- th- there is a dude who is constantly going on... He posted on our Facebook page mm. saying... Um, Oh, the amount of fucking retarded fault facts is getting ridiculous. Get Dr. Carl on next time. Dude, what do you think this show is? It's not a science podcast, mate. You know what? It's not compulsory either. You know what it is? Culture of outrage. Yeah. He it's, wants to be outraged by the stupid things I am things outraged say. by this free thing you say that has no rules. This podcast where we've talked about uh, Kathy Bates being a time-travelling magician yeah. who gets fucked in a lazy zoos and, mm. and all of a sudden their scientific facts are incorrect.
1: Uh, Okay, Die Hard with Vengeance, 1995 American action film, third in the Die Hard series. Yep, blah, 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 blah. Based on the novel, Simon Says. Okay, I'm going to skip over the plot because that's not... Oh, alternative endings. Really? Did you know there was alternative endings? No. Okay, well, let's have a look at that and see if we can... uh... An alternative ending to the one shown in the final movie was filmed with Jeremy
0: Irons and Bruce Willis. Sucking each other's dicks. (laughs) It was a 15-minute... One take blowjob yeah. scene. I'm hard. <laughs> with a vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Willis comes and is like, yippee Kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> but how brave would that be? If you were the director of Die Hard 3, it's probably John yeah. McTiernan. It you is. Your first studio screening, and the last shot is just like, you've got Bruce Willis pointing his gun at, Jer- at Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons pointing a gun back at him, and then they just stare at each other a moment, put their guns down, unzip, and start 69ing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a 15 minute 69 scene. <laughs> ah that would be the best you know what the best thing to do John McTiernan shoots that scene but he says to the guys it'll just be a gag reel we'll just show the studio so they fucking freak out of hilarious it's on the (laughs) (laughs) Blu-ray alright so they shot
1: an alternative ending sometime after the events in New York it can be found on the special edition DVD so there you go Uh, in this version it is presumed that the robbery succeeds And then McLean was used as a scapegoat for everything that went wrong.
0: Oh, so it's a dark ending.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's fired from the NYPD after more than 20 years on the force.
0: And the FBI has even taken... Uh, How the fuck could you fire John McLean? This is the dude who single-handedly beat the terrorists at the Nakatomi Plaza. And then, coincidentally, about four years later, beat terrorists at the airport. And now it's Hmm. like, oh, he makes one mistake because some money got stolen from the fucking... uh, Like the National... What's the... He didn't the steal big it. bank under Wall Street yeah. and you're going to sack him a yeah. national fucking Fuck hero him, man Jesus Christ it's like I've had one bad game does it say he got framed or he just gets sacked because the bad guys get? is that what happens in the police force if the bad guys get away do you get sacked because <laughs> that is pretty harsh uh, no, they've used him as a scapegoat.
1: So, they've okay, so they frame him. So they're so him. i I'm All right, fair enough. Um, he's fired from the the NYPD, and then the FBI has taken away his pension. Nevertheless, he still manages to track Simon using the batch number on the bottle of aspirin. Yes, that's in the actual final film. And they meet in a cafe. A cafe what? In, they meet in a cafe after he tracks. It him. turns into a Hal Hartley film.
0: <laughs> 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 Kevin Smith, they just talk about Star Wars. 45 minutes of them just
1: having a conversation <laughs> yeah. about the first Die Hard movies, <laughs> which is really weird. <laughs> very 90s, very postmodern. Very meta. Uh, they meet in a cafe in Hungary.
0: You're right. Yeah. Uh,
1: in this version, Simon has double-crossed most of his accomplices. Yeah, can't trust him. Can't trust him. Can't, can't believe everything that Simon says. <laughs> uh, gotten the loot to a safe hiding place in uh, Nova Scotia. And has, uh, gold, has had the gold turned into statuettes of the Empire State Building. <laughs> in, that's unnecessary detail. In order to smuggle it out of the country. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair enough. But he is still tracked down in his foreign hideaway. Um, uh, McLean is keen to take his problems out on Simon, who he invites to play a game called McLean, it says. Is this... What are you? So this is a deleted scene, yeah. or this, it's on the Blu-ray. It's on the Blu-ray. <gasps> Keep going. You can find this. This is fascinating. Yeah. So right? just, just fuck just, you, guy, who doesn't like <laughs> Wikipedia.
0: This is awesome. So just for, to clarify, the yeah. way that Die Hard with a Vengeance ends is that because um, the whole there's a running joke to the f- film that John McClane's got this hangover and he, all he wants is an aspirin and he yeah. doesn't get one until the very end when Jeremy Irons tosses him a bottle of aspirin. Yep. Yeah. And then you think that the bad guy's got away, he looks at the bottom of the aspirin and there's some serial number which enables him to track him down and then there's a big shootout and he has... Jeremy Irons is getting away in a helicopter and McLean shoots, I think, power lines or something like that which fall across the helicopter and that's how the film ends. Okay.
1: Well, in this one, he's got away. He's He's got in Nova away. Scotia and made the gold into the Empire State Building. And they made it at a cafe. McLean wants him to play a game called McLean Says. Because the whole film,
0: <laughs> yeah. they've been playing Simon's Simon Says. It. McLean so says not as catchy. We got Bruce Willis. We're going to play McLean says. I'm going to do a little something for you. Uh
1: This involves a form of Russian roulette with a small Chinese rocket launcher. Oh, I thought you were going to say a small Chinese child. Yeah, with a small Chinese man.
0: <laughs> a small Chinese rocket... All right, go, keep going. I won't keep interrupting. He's
1: got Russian roulette, small Chinese rocket launcher uh, that's had the sights removed, meaning it is impossible to determine... Uh, which end is which? Oh, so they've got a rocket launcher between them. Right. And you don't know which end of the rocket launcher the rocket's going to come out of. How
0: the fuck do you film this and convey this information? This is... No wonder this scene got fucking deleted. I want to see this. This seems heaps better than the ending of the movie. This is like fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) They start sucking each other's dicks in 69. Uh, Okay,
1: so um, McLean then asked Simon some riddles similar to the ones he played in New York. Okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, when, but like, but John McClane's ones are nowhere near as good because he hasn't had time to think it through. <laughs> so it's like a man leaves on a, a train at four o'clock in the afternoon. You got a bottle of water. Yeah. There's three liters in this one, five in yeah. the other. <laughs> You've got to get three liters. <laughs> the doctor is his mother. Oh, is that, that one's actually, is that anyone in there? No, that's not it. <laughs> that
0: one is not in That's die like a famous patients. one.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, all right. So, um... Alright, oh, it's okay. Simon gets a riddle wrong. McLean forces him at gunpoint to fire the launcher,
0: which fires the rocket through Simon, killing him. So hang on, they're playing Russian roulette, but no. he's also got another gun pointed at his head. <laughs> Possibly yeah. that, that that kind of defeats the purpose of Russian roulette. I you mean, know what I mean? It it's a fair point because it's in. the uncertainty about whether you're going to get shot in the face. Yeah, if there's a it, second gun pointed at your head, could have just
1: shot him with a gun. <laughs> I mean. Waste of a rocket launcher. <laughs> it's much more impressive though. Um... <laughs> Of course, McLean had been wearing a flak jacket. What? McLean had a flak oh, jacket in case on. he got shot yeah. with a rocket launcher. Which was the answer to the final riddle. What could he have brought to the meeting to save his life? So he's obviously, his last
0: riddle is, what could I have brought to the meeting to save my life? And he's talking about his flak jacket. I assume the rocket launcher was pointed at their heads. He must have put it down at like chest level. Well,
1: I assume he didn't have it over his head or Simon would have seen it. So. <laughs> Simon says, why are you so stupid? So even if Simon had pointed the launcher the right way, it is likely that the relatively low-velocity rocket would not... Oh, so Simon could have, I think... Gone, aha! So, yeah, so he's got the gun. So no one knows which end it's going to come out of. But the thing is, McLean's got the jacket on, so even
0: if it comes out of his head... And yeah. he's going to be fine. Right, so okay. basically John McClane is a cheating fucking sly <laughs> dog who he yeah. basically, he cheated. Yeah, he cheated what? to kill the guy. Yeah. That <laughs> 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 <It> sort of <laughs> takes <laughs> away the heroic persona of John McClane. That was
1: probably the notes they got. <laughs> this was the one that was pitched to them by the world's worst agent?
0: Yeah. <laughs> the world's worst PR guy. Uh, you put a float jacket on and fire a rocket. Um, we like the, the scene where they 69 each other a lot better. <laughs> In the DVD
1: audio commentary, screenwriter Jonathan Hensley claims that his this version was dropped because the studio thought it showed a more cruel and menacing side to McClane. Yeah, totally. It's like something the fucking Punisher would do. A man who killed for revenge rather than in self-defense. There you go. So you were totally right. You could have... See, that's why they get feedback from focus groups. <laughs> Uh, Hensley's intention was to show that the events in New York and the subsequent repercussions had tilted him psychologically. This alternative ending some sometime after the main events of the movie would have marked a serious break from the die-hard formula yeah. in which the plot unfolds under a period of roughly 20 whoa, whoa, hours. Whoa, 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 whoa. Formula? That's a die-hard formula? <laughs> I don't believe you. According to the DVD audio commentary, a second alternate ending had McLean and Carver floating back to shore that's, on a... Uh,
0: uh, that's uh, Samuel Jackson. Carver. Jesus Carver.
1: Uh, floating back to shore on a makeshift ra- makeshift raft and after the each explosion. Dicks in 69.
0: <laughs> it's like the St. John McTiernan. Like if three, you film three endings. Two of the three, the lead characters are blowing each other. Is there something we need to talk about? <laughs> and and why do you want to call it Die Hard sixty <laughs> nine?
1: The scene then... uh so they're floating back in yeah. uh, on a makeshift raft of the explosion at sea. Carver says it's a shame that the bad guys are going to get away. McLean tells him not to be so sure. The scene then shifts to the plane where the terrorists find the briefcase bomb they left in the park, <laughs> which Carver gave back to them. In this version, it was not used to blow up the dam. The movie would have ended on a darkly comic note as Simon asks if anyone has a four-gallon jug. Uh, that's cool. That would have nah. been a good ending. This draft of the script was rejected early on. And unlike the rocket launcher sequence, was never actually filmed. <laughs> in favour of a 69 scene. Uh, I will try to find out if what I said before is a fact in any yeah. way and post it on the Facebook page. But we do have to wrap yeah, this up because I have to go and do a show. You
0: literally have to get on stage in front of people.
1: I need to talk about a very important show. A show that we've been saying that was going to be on Wednesday next week, which is not going to be on a Wednesday next week. Thursday next week at 11 o'clock, if you are anywhere near the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, we are doing our first ever Live TOEFOP, but it's not just a live tofop. We are doing a live tofop meets Walking the Room crossover. Uh, crossover, Walking the TOEFOP. It's it's essentially Predator versus Alien. <laughs> uh, the four of us on stage. We're going to record it. Um, so if you can't make it to Melbourne for the festival, we're going to record it, and uh, if it's not horrible, we'll put it out. But we're going to do it 11 o'clock. I will post on the Facebook page and on Twitter and stuff the details when I know them. But We'd love to have an audience there. So if you're a fan of Walking the Room, you're a fan of our podcast, um, cool things for cool people. That's what I told people it was going to be. So, And if you can't get there, tell people who can get there to yeah. get there. Yeah, that'd be unreal. <laughs> uh, I'm doing shows. I'm at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at the moment. Um, my show, Will Aris. Uh If you want to come and see that, that'd be cool. Uh, I'm
0: Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. And that's my manifesto.